there is nothing that has been proven to produce better results than a time block of consistent lead generation activities. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And that was published. I mean, that that's been true for a long time. Gary Keller published the millionaire real estate agent. Yeah. 20 yeah. years ago. I was going to say it's a long time. I've had that book for a long ago. time. Yeah. And uh, the kind of the foundational level business models that are in there for prospecting and lead generation um, can still help you. Welcome to Agent Success Podcast. If you're a real estate agent looking to succeed in today's crazy market, well, you're in the right place. Each week, we talk with successful real estate agents willing to share their expert insights, trade secrets, and mindset that help them to succeed. There's no fluff, just straight-to-the-point content that prioritizes one thing above all, your success. So without further ado, let's cut to the chase. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. I'm here with my good friend Chris Klontz at Keller Williams. And Chris, funny enough, uh, this is our take two on this because uh, I'm not going to say who, but somebody didn't push the record button for the first five minutes of the last one. So we're going to we're gonna kind of relive some of that. Is that okay? Let's do it. Okay, right on. Um, so as you know here at Cut to the Chase, we like to say, how do agents succeed? Mm-hmm. And you're in a unique position to see a lot of real estate agents. You see failures, you see successes. Mm-hmm. Tell us um, what your role is what, over at Keller Williams. Yeah, so thanks, Tim. I have, for the last uh, about four years, I've been the team leader at Keller Williams Premier, the downtown Keller Williams office. And what that means, uh, that's a title that doesn't really exist anywhere else. I mean, it, you could say that I, I lead a real estate team, but mm-hmm. that's not what it means. So team leader at Keller Williams, effectively is the CEO of the company. So I oversee the growth, the production, the revenue, and the profitability of our brokerage. Okay. And so uh, real estate sales go into that. And I have a, my background is in sales. I still do sales, as you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, We work together a lot in that. And yet my main focus is the growth of our company. That's interesting. So you are actively selling real estate, you're actively coaching, and you're actively um, working and making a branch profitable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So as we said in the last take, you had a lot of time on your hands. Well, I I like to say that I'm as busy as I want to be. If you were any busier, would it be terrible? Um, It depends on what the opportunity is. Okay. You know, you you can trade... uh, short-term time for a long-term opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but I have to understand what that opportunity is if I'm going to trade my time for well, it. Let me ask you a question that's unique before we start asking about some of your business, okay? Okay. Um, I have, and and just shed some light for anybody listening to this, I have called you many times at 6 o'clock at night because my day runs into 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock is the same as 10 in the morning for me. Mm-hmm. And you say, hey, Tim, how's it going? And I say, what are you doing, Chris? You say, I'm eating dinner with my family. Mm-hmm. I said, whoa. If I answer at all, right? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you don't answer, right? Yeah. So tell us what that work-life balance, just in a kind of a nutshell, is that intentional? Or how does that work? Yeah, and, totally. And, okay. Um, so th- there are priorities in life. Mm-hmm. We, only get one, we only get one shot to prioritize this thing yep. and run it by. And um, the, the values of Keller Williams... I believe in really, really strongly. The Mm -hmm. values of Keller Williams are God, family, and then business. Okay. In that order. Okay. If it's not in that order, none of it is going to work. So business, then family is the wrong order. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So um, God, and when the company was founded, it was, it was honestly, it was Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. And as it's grown to be the largest real estate company in the world, it's, they've expanded that to mean more of understanding your purpose. Okay. In the universe. Yeah. Like why you were So they, they've, they've taken their, their personal belief, their personal convictions and, and religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs, and modified that to say maybe it, that's not everybody, but everybody should have that in them. That should be their focus to seek that and become better. You should understand why you were created. Mm, interesting. And start there. Okay. So what, what is your purpose? My purpose is to help other people maximize the opportunity they have in their life. That's fantastic. That's so if you know your purpose, mm-hmm. regardless of your religious background, what country you're born in, where you're from, whatever it is, you, through the Keller Williams model, you're saying God, family, business. Mm-hmm. We start with what is my purpose? What's my purpose? And then I go to family. Correct. So okay. why, who are the people that I'm doing this for? Right. So our businesses mm-hmm. should 
produce a profit. Yeah. Right. If your business doesn't produce a profit, you should go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, cre- it creates opportunity as well. And some people that feel like um, when you make money, you're taking money from somebody, but you're, you're creating opportunity for you, creating opportunity for people around you. Well, yeah, it's the, the profit, the revenue comes from the service that you offer to people. Yeah. And the more people you can offer great service to, the more profit you can make. Mm-hmm. And that profit then should fund the life that we want to live with our family. Okay. And we should be intentional about what that life looks like. So you so, should decide right now yeah. what you want the next year with your family to look like. So do you do that with your family? Absolutely. Okay. So if I were to ask you a goal that you, I mean, obviously you have goals that are just inner, inner yep. family, right? What, what would be uh, one or two things that you know that you and your wife and your children are shooting for this next year? Yeah. Over the next year. So we just had a conversation, um, Coming up, October is when we'll really nail down some plans for 2024 and what we want to do. Oh, cool. Um, there could be an opportunity for for me to spend an, an more of an extended time outside of the office this mm-hmm. next year. And we plan on renting a house on a beach somewhere um, in Mexico, in Latin America, probably. Okay. And spending, s- spending a month on the beach. That's fantastic. Um, with the great invention of Starlink. I guess it doesn't really matter where you go. No, for sure. Right? I mean, and to that point, another thing that we want to do, we've chosen to homeschool our kids. Yep. And we, this last year, upgraded to a bigger camper that would allow okay. us to spend more time on the road okay. without, uh, you know, wringing each other's necks. Yeah. <laughs> and so experiential learning mm-hmm. has been a big part of my life. I've learned the best, as I'm sure you have. Yeah in environments that cause you a multi-sensory experience around success and failures and different sensories where you're like, Oh, I understand this now. I'm not just reading it. Right. And so we want to take our kids in our camper. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the one we want to do first is the Northeast. Like go find New Hampshire, uh, Connecticut, somewhere like that. Find an awesome, um, RV park that we can live in for six weeks oh. and do day trips into all of the most um, impactful American history. Ooh, sites, interesting. Wow. Um, for our kids to be able to experience that. In why is that important? Why is that important to you? The, the, the meaning, meaning that exact, um, you know, history, the American, the American history, the, the founding yeah. of it. Why I mean, is that I think important? that, uh, our kids don't have the context that we do right now. My context has been created over the last 41 years of what life is, yeah. what history is, what the opportunities are, how how it was accomplished before me. Mm-hmm. And our kids don't have that context, and we want them to. Yeah. And uh, we feel like that in a lot of ways, some of that context has gotten lost. Hmm. And um, in the way that, that people are taught, in the way that they approach history and the way they approach the rights that we have. And we want our kids to know the real history in the real places of, of the opportunity that we have in America. And it's not a guarantee. It's it's not, not. it's not a, it's not a, I deserve this. No, you can earn this. It's, it's an opportunity, right? Yeah. That's, it's amazing when you can see it. Now, if I look at this and I say, okay, and and again, we're going to, we're going to jump right into some business stuff, but I wanted to get a foundation for where you're at. Right. So we have God is the purpose, however you however you view that. Um, and then we have family, and we have what is the foundation, what's the purpose of my family, am I being intentional? Now, and only now, can I move into business. Right. That is completely opposite of every American that I ever talked to. So, <laughs> so God, if in there at all, is definitely not yeah. one, generally, even if, if they, they profess that. And that's, that's interesting. I, I, I believe that a lot of times... Um, we use words to justify, you know, what we, what we believe as opposed to using actions Mm -hmm. and using actions to live what we believe as opposed to words to tell people what we believe. And I think, uh, packing up for six weeks and going and visiting Philadelphia and Boston and all all that is, that's action. That's, I I believe this is action. You know, best laid plans, right? If that doesn't happen for whatever reason, something else will and or yeah. there's a there's another opportunity that we've chosen to trade that for yeah in pursuing yeah um and you know tim you and i have known each other for eight or nine years yeah and i would hope that you 
have seen me consistently live God, family, and then business. Very much. In the yeah. way that I approach m my business, in the way that I uh, have dinner with my family every night, and a lot yep. of times don't answer the call when, you, yeah. when you're giving me what an is, update. What is this, man? <laughs> don't you want to know about your borrower? Yeah, I want to know about him two hours ago, Tim. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. So, But I, I, but I know yeah. the priorities, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like when somebody calls me on a, a realtor calls me on a Sunday. Every realtor that calls me on a Sunday starts with an apology. I'm so sorry. Tim, I'm so sorry I had to call you today. <laughs> so, okay, it's okay. At least we know. See, we, but at the same time, you teach people how to treat you. When you answer your phone on a Sunday, they're going to keep calling you on a Sunday. And this is true. <laughs> Very good point. Well, uh, Chris, you run a pretty big team. How many agents do you have? Um, in our shop, we, we have about 100 agents. About 100 agents. So I, I, don't, I don't run that as the sales team. Right, um, right. You have, you have a separate sales team. Yeah. Okay. So um, how many people on your exact team? Oh, small. I mean, between here and Denver, we have, right now we have four. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's a good, nice, small, yeah. tight-knit team. And then you run the office who then has individual teams on there. Correct. And you have about 100 agents. Do you have Correct. any idea how many individual teams there are? I'm, I'm sure they don't all proclaim their team to you. No, but no, no, they do. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Keller Williams is a very, like, open book company. Yeah. And so uh, we know about most of the relationships that okay. our agents have. Um, not all the relationships our yeah. agents have. <laughs> uh, Just the important ones. Yeah. Um, so we have, we probably have 10 or 10 or 11 teams right now in total of different sizes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, ranging from uh, just like a two-person team yep. all the way up. I mean, the Johnson team probably has 15 agents right oh, now. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, PCS so, so Pro team, their, their hub is in our office. Yeah. Uh, they have six or eight agents in our office, but they have 75 agents nationwide. And Holy cow. And their hub is located in our office. That's that's amazing. That's mm -hmm. it's. it's kind of cool that you could go to like a full scale business, like a full blown business or, Hey, you and I are going to go crush it together, right? Mm -hmm. Like whatever it is. And then you have the individual agents. Mm -hmm. um, do you, do you find, and this is, we're going to jump into a few things. So looking at, you know, right now is a tough market for a lot of agents, right? They have a lot, they have some tough times right now. Mm -hmm. um, when I say tough times, it's, it, they imagined, I shouldn't say they imagined economists predicted, um, a different market than what we're in, but we still have housing shortages, right? Mm -hmm. We still have a lot of housing shortage. So that kind of flips the predictions a little bit, right? Um, we also have a lot of agents getting out of the business. We have a lot of loan officers getting out of the business. Um, so for those that are staying in or at least desire to stay in, okay. And they say, what, what do I need to do? Like, like what do I need to do to stay in? Um, when you, if you were to get an agent that maybe they've been in for a year, two years, three years, whatever, and they have a massive struggle right now, what do you like? Like what do you laugh? Cause you probably have this conversation every day, right? What, what specifically are you telling them that you are seeing that, that others are succeeding doing or yeah, yourself? Absolutely. So let me answer your question with an illustration. Okay. So Tim, you enjoy uh, riding bicycles. Very much. Right. When you are bombing a hill, yeah, you're flying. I mean, how fast can you get on a bicycle bombing a hill? 40, 40 miles. Maybe an hour? four. Well, that would have to be a very, a very steep and flat down, hill. Yeah, steep. If you're coming down Mesa towards Thirtieth Street, okay, on yeah. that hill, yeah, yeah, uh, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 yeah, hour, yeah. Your hair is flying. Well, the the hair that you have is flying. <laughs> the little bit. You, you could take your feet off the pedals. Oh, and absolutely. You could just fly. Oh, right? you tuck down and just yeah, go. Now you're going really, really fast, not because you're a great cyclist. Yeah. Right. Gravity and you and are the, being pulled. Yeah. The same thing. If you're going up that same hill, it how fast? I'm doing are you going? seven. Seven miles an or hour. Or four. Right? Yeah. And your heart, you get your heart's going up to 180 yep. beats per minute. Yeah. And you're sweating. Yep. And you want it to be over, and that's not because you're a really bad cyclist, mm -hmm. right? Correct. So the market over the last few years has been bombing a hill mm. starting in 2020. Yeah. And you know it that in, in the mortgage industry and in real estate sales, yeah. there was more business than we will ever see in a two year period ever again. Yeah. Without question. It was insane. It was insane. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that made a lot of money mm -hmm. in lending and in real estate yep. sales. And it's not because they're really great agents. Oh, 
Well, that that hit home for a few people, right? right? I don't know who's listening, but that that that. Yeah. Here's the the other thing. The other side is true, though. There there are some headwinds right now. Yeah. Mostly to do with interest rates. Yes. And affordability at the buyer level. Yep. That have caused a lot of people's business mm-hmm. to dramatically shrink. Yeah. And it's not because they're bad agents. They're good agents with a headwind going uphill. Correct. So. The reality is, though, a lot of people got into the business mm-hmm. on that downhill. They think that's, if I got in on a downhill, I think that's what cycling is until and I have a long climb. Exactly. And then you start to believe you're a really good cyclist. Yeah. Even though you don't know how to pedal. And then I have to climb up Cheyenne right. Canyon to Helen Hunt Falls, and that three-mile stretch is brutal. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and I know from experience, you're climbing up. Cheyenne Canyon mm-hmm. to Helen Hunt Falls and you get passed by a 75 year old <laughs> going going double your speed yeah, yeah. exactly because they know how to pedal yeah right and they've been doing it longer they know the foundation yeah. and the fundamentals and they have the experience to know sometimes you're going down sometimes you're going up yeah. we're gonna keep going yeah the funny thing about uh, about that how that may apply that I find very interesting is a good cyclist understands their cadence mm-hmm. meaning, what is my what is my rhythm and my pedaling, mm-hmm. and that rhythm and the pedaling, no matter the steepness of the hill, I'm going to try to maintain 110 on my cadence or mm-hmm. 90 on my cadence or right. 80, whatever whatever it is. It doesn't really change. Um, the hill gets steeper, the hill gets less steep, and I shift a gear, but my cadence remains. Right. It's very interesting. And so for the people that got in over the last couple of years that have been coasting downhill, yeah, um, up until the last about eight or twelve, eight to ten months, yeah. Um, the reality is you have to get back to basics. Yeah. And there is nothing that has been proven to produce better results than a time block of consistent lead generation activities. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And that was published. I mean, that, that's been true for a long time. Gary Keller published The Millionaire Real Estate Agent yeah, 20 yeah. years ago. I was going to say it's a long time. I've had that book for a long ago. time. Yeah. And uh, the kind of the foundational level business models that are in there for prospecting and lead generation um, can still help you uh, get would, a would, rhythm. In would your you recommend that everybody read that book, or um, is it able to be summarized through? I think that there's a lot of great resources around that book. Okay. If you don't want to read the book, then don't read the book. It's a little thick and a little dry in some oh, parts. It is a technical read for yeah. sure. I think it's a it's more like it's better to be studied than to be read. Correct. And yeah, um, yeah and so we do that. All the training that we do is yeah. still derived. It may have been updated. It may have been, um, you know, some things changed sure. with social media. But the and all that. but the the core of it still the is same. The, still the same. It's funny though. Human nature is like that. When you read. Um, you know, Think and Grow Rich is an example. Mm-hmm. A hundred-year-old book. And some of the stuff in there, you're like, well, that's silly. <laughs> but 80% of it, you're like, humans have not changed. No, not at all. They, they are exactly the same. So I make my connections. Uh, now, you said time block, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, very, very necessary to time block and to be intentional. You you were said you're intentional with your family. You're intentional mm-hmm. with all that. Um, I have found that every successful agent that I sit here and talk with, the one, the, the more, the more successful they are, which is interesting, the more successful they are, the more consistent and structured they are. Mm-hmm. They don't allow, um, they don't allow little changes to affect. Like I know on Wednesdays I do this. Mm-hmm. I know on Thursdays I do this. And I know from this time to this time I do this. Now, if something happens, I need to go show a house. That's fine. But I still got to do this. Yep. And they go through it. So can you give us an example of what, what would be included in a time block? Yeah, sure. So I'll just walk you through what we are running in our office right now. Okay. So every morning, 830, we have from 830 to nine, we have um, a little mindset and motivation time called lead in to lead gen lead in to lead lean in or lead in lead in lead in this to the lead in to lead gen okay 8 and uh monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday we focus on a different thing every day so for example friday is a, is a bit of a wild card today was talking about working with working with buyers mm-hmm. and then a group actually went out to show homes with a buyer oh. as a group then the buyer was like yeah this will be great this will be fun. oh cool so you, you um, let you let that client know that this is what we're doing. And that was that was a weird day. But Mondays we talk about database. 
Yeah. Um, we run the DTD2 model. And I, I uh, learned I learned about do. that. Yeah, yeah. I, le- I learned about that. Uh, and part of the reason that you know, we do something very similar, mm-hmm. but the name of yours, uh, first off, it's like a, a tongue-tied twister, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it, but it's so easy if you, you yeah. know. So tell us what it is again. D- so DTD2, do the okay. database two. Okay. And what you, is the database two? Uh, it's two different letters. And mm-hmm. you call people with the last names that start with that letter. So uh, you guys do it a little bit different. I like the way you do it better than the way we do it. Yeah, that's, and that's true of most things. <laughs> well, the way the way you do it, correct me if I'm wrong. And anybody listening, this you should be doing this once a week. Uh, we do it on Wednesdays. What day do you do that? Monday. Mondays, okay. So you take two letters of the alphabet, A, B. A and W, actually. Okay, well, that's that's what I was going to say. That's why yours is different. You start <laughs> you start at two different opposite ends no, of the no, alphabet. No, it's no, it's, it's actually set up algorithmically to ensure that you have the most consistent number right. based on the last how, name. How many, P, how many Americans so like have a last S, name that starts with a W? S and Z, right? Gotcha. That you're going to get, a, a, there's a lot of people with a last name that start with S, and you're going you're gonna to pair that. So if I do an S and an A, I'm going to have 300 people to call. Right. And Y and Z, I'm going to have zero people to call. Right. Gotcha. So, yeah, you, you even it out. And there's uh, I can send you uh, a chart that, that has all that figured That'd out. That'd be very interesting. I'd love to see that. And yeah. what's cool is... There's 26 letters in the alphabet. Yeah. If you do two every week, mm-hmm. that's 13 weeks it yeah. takes you to go through. What else do we call 13 weeks? So you have, well, you have 20. Right? I was going to say that's 13, 26, 52 weeks in a year. So you're once a, once a quarter, you're talking to them. Right. Yeah. And so it, we, we run that model. We go through some dialogues and conversations that you can have with these people, a reason to call. Yeah. If you don't have a good reason to call, our brains kind of shut it down. Like, oh man, I I, I don't got nothing See, but to say. This to is them. my my favorite one. You want to hear my favorite one? Yeah. And I've used this for ten years. Yeah. Tim, I thought about you the other day when I saw this guy bombing a hill on a bike. It reminded of me. It reminded me when we had a conversation about how that's like real estate. I thought about you. I wanted to reach out and say how you're doing. That's fantastic. Isn't that good? Because you've connected. You you and you're using you're using something. I so, thought about. I saw this. It I reminded thought about you. of. It reminded me of when we did this mm-hmm. or we had this conversation. It's very personalized. Right. Yeah. It's better than, hey, just, uh, Jay, you got any friend, friends or family you can refer to me? <laughs> Do you know anyone who wants to buy a home, sell a home, or invest in real estate? Uh, I'm, I'm your guy. Uh, what You don't want me to call anymore every quarter? Because I've been, I've been saying the same thing every yeah. single quarter. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I know... A lot of agents and loan officers that do that. That's that's, yep. that's quite quite exhausting. Now you said something interesting. You said interest rates are too high. Let's touch on that for a second. Let's do it. Okay. I love this. What's a <laughs> so here, here's my, here's here's the question I got to ask: Are interest rates too high or house prices too high? Um, I I don't know. Ne- neither. Neither or both. I, I think interest rates are too high. You don't think house prices are too high? I don't. Really? Well, they're not coming down. Let me ask you a question. Do you get paid off the interest rate or the house price when you sell a house in real estate? I get paid off the house price. So the house price isn't too high. Just checking. <laughs> no, but in reality, like the cost of the cost of purchasing the home has a whole lot more to do with the interest rate than it does with with the price. The the interest rate at 3%, you can buy a lot more house than you can at 7.5%. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the average interest rate over the last uh, 50 years is? Uh, 9.5? 7.5. 7.7, I think. Something like that. Over the last 50 years? 50 years. That's the average. It's actually 52 years. Okay. Um, I'll send you that chart. It's, it's. No, I mean, I believe you. It's interesting. Um, and right now I think we're at 7.2-ish. Right around in there. 7.33 yesterday. So we are, we're below the 50 year average Mm -hmm. on that. Um, the, the concern I have with the interest rate, um, being, being the the sole issue is our incomes have not risen to match what a house costs, mm-hmm. meaning the entry level buyers are having a very difficult time. The average I, house I don't price. Disagree with that. The average monthly payment is almost three thousand dollars. Yep. On a house. Yeah. The average American, I believe, comes home with like thirty two hundred dollars. So that that's very very difficult, right? Now you could go to Pueblo and buy a house for eighty thousand dollars. You can go to downtown Denver and you're not getting anything for under you know six hundred thousand or whatever yeah. it is, right? So depending on where you live has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting uh, when you look at house prices; they're they're not coming down. Um, you look at no, and, uh, they, and they can't. Yeah. Like, can we touch? Can we touch? Please, on that for yeah, a second? go for so, it. So, um, 
the biggest difference between where we are today and where we were in 2008, the last time we had a major market shift, is that the underlying structural foundational demand for housing is so much higher. Is mm-hmm. at a, it's, it's at a peak. It's at a generational peak. Explain right that. Now. What do you mean? So the millennials are entering home buying age. Oh, you mean there's more people to buy? Not, not necessarily, not necessarily so, the demand is higher, but it's the, it's the amount of well, people. The, 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 total, the total demand in the market okay. is higher. So we have millennials who are uh, the average m- median age for a first-time home buyer right now is 34 years old. Okay. And millennials, we are at the peak of millennials in like the 32, 33, 34, 35 year age. Mm. And when I say peak, meaning this is the highest that it has ever been in history and that we can ever forecast again based on birth rates right now. So there are more 33, 34 year olds right now than there ever has been in our country and likely ever will be. It's interesting. I think they're having less babies too. They are. That's why we will never get there again. Yeah. So but right right now that demand, demand is higher. We have so more people. We get through this season of in of higher interest rates. They will come down. Mm-hmm. They will come down. Um, in fact, there's a lot of indications that we're right on the cusp yeah. of things coming down. You look at the Fed probabilities and they push it out in the next spring. It's going to happen faster than that. Yeah, it's going to happen faster than that. I think that I think we will start coming down before the end of the year. And as soon as the Fed starts to indicate that they're moving in that direction. Uh, the they're almost indicating it now. A few people are saying that now. The spread, yeah, it's going to drop by half a point just on the spread alone. Yeah, right. Well, that, that, so yeah, um, the the demand we're still we're nationwide we're at two months of supply, even with interest rates the highest they've been. In, That's insanity in fifteen twenty years almost. Yeah. Um, so the de- the long term demand, the wave of buyer activity that we're mm-hmm. going to see over the next few years is incredible. And yeah. it, it won't compare to bomb in the hill in 2021. But we can coast and down yet, something. Yeah. It will be better than anything we saw before that. So uh, so with that though, if you have all these real estate agents and here I saw a problem when COVID hit that all of a sudden everybody got a real estate license and everybody became a loan officer. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're like, man, this is a self-correcting problem. It, it it is a self-correcting problem. The question though is do you think it's going to um, do you think you're going to get a lot of those people coming back when no. in a year? No, I don't. I think it's a self-correcting problem. The cycles of real estate agents and loan officers uh, lag the total commission produced. Okay. And so they will move. We're seeing agents and loan officers getting out of the business because they have to go get a job because their business yeah. is not profitable. Right. And when that, when the trajectory changes and the total commissions are going up, mm-hmm. um, it will also lag. So there's an equilibrium point that yeah. will be reached and then all the way up, it lags the equal, it, it, there's more for everybody. On so, the way up. so right now, the agents that are in it right now, the agents that are going to stick with it, I, I've been, you know, like we, like that, uh, the pod or not the pod. Yeah. I think it was a podcast that we sent out the other day and saying it was, it's going to be a cold winter. Right. And so the people that can stick through that and make it to spring and summer next Mm -hmm. year, um, I think now's the time that you are climbing the hill. And and are you doing those actions? It's it's all about your activities. That's where your business will show up in your activities. I can look at someone's calendar and tell you what level of producer they are. Okay, so I got I'm going to ask some some a, a little bit a couple hard questions as a as a manager, because I face this okay. in my in my business. Okay. Um, when somebody comes to you and says, man, I'm just not making it. Boy, I just, just, if I could just this and oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this now. And uh, mm-hmm. when you, is that the, is that the most frustrating type of agent for you? Or is it the agent that's not winning, but they're trying really hard? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that, so if trying really hard means that they're committed to the activities that are proven to produce results, yeah, uh, time blocking and, and dialing, yeah. um, then absolutely. They, they will make it in the long run. Yeah. If someone is unwilling because of 
an ego that they have that, yep. well, I sold $20 million in 2021, so I don't really do lead generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, I'm sorry, you're going to sell $4 million this year. Yeah. It, to me, the most frustrating type of salesperson type of loan officer is the, is the partially engaged always has a story. Meaning, um, you can have reasons or results. You can't have both. You, 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 you can't. just can't. And, and, I mean, I talk to my team about this all the time. If you're in, like, I can't want it more than you. Like, it's it, it, like your success is important to me, but it needs to be more important to you. And if it's more important to you, you're going to be doing the activities mm-hmm. and actions that are needed to do that. And, and that can be um, your daily calls. It can be, but, but it's structure. It's absolute mm-hmm. structure. So you have this two hours, this three hours, whatever, every single day that you unapologetically and absolute with VIP level commitment this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, the weird thing is it's not, it's like not, you're not discovering anything new, right? It's not like, like, man, I got to figure out how to make a light bulb, mm-hmm. right? It, it's like literally, you haven't I got to screw the light bulb in. That's, you, know, you already know the actions to do. You're calling people, you're having conversations. If you're unwilling or unable to have conversations with people, then it's not going to work for you. And right now in the market that we find ourselves in, you have to have more conversations yep. to get the appointment. Correct. And you have to have more appointments to get the contract. Yep. And you have to have more contracts to close. So all of that starts with how many calls am I making? Correct. It's, it's a bottom line. And if, if you need more business, then you need to have more time blocked for lead generation. So really, when, when you look at that and you say, I'm a newer agent, I'm a struggling agent, but Chris, I'm willing to do everything that is Great. needed of me. So okay. then you'll show up at our office every day at 830. Okay. We'll do lead into legion for 30 minutes. That We finish that time by setting goals. Everybody sets a goal for the next two hours. Okay. And then we have, you've been in our office, we have phone booths, we have all yep. kinds of like space. You can just go and head down work. Yep. And from nine to 11, the music changes. There's no trainings. There's no team meetings. Mm. There's no hallway conversations. Ah. We have a productivity specific environment for two hours in our office. That's fantastic. Doors are closed. Everybody's got sign in the door. Don't bother me. Head down until 11. Yeah. We got a productivity bell. That's the only sound you hear. Hmm. And What's a productivity bell? So it's like an old Navy bell yeah. that's hanging up in our common area. Yeah. You run, you set an appointment, you go ring the bell and you hear this like wave of cheers <laughs> coming from all parts of the office. And it's, that's it raises the, but the that, energy. That's the environment that you need to be in. For, for sure. Yeah. And what that bell does, it raises the energy for everybody. And then if somebody has started watching a YouTube video, yeah. um, or like, I'm going to go work on my website, which doesn't get you any business. Yeah. Um, and they hear that bell go off, it reminds them like, I ne- what am I doing? What am I doing here? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting though, we major in the minors is what I like to say, mm-hmm. right? Like we get so busy on my website. Yeah. The things that don't matter. I have not worked on my website maybe one time in five I've years. noticed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same as it was. <laughs> I think, I think we made a couple little tweaks about six months ago. I asked yeah. a developer, Hey, can you change? I think it was the bios. Right. But in my head, I'm like, man, I really, like I see other other mortgage companies' websites. I'm like, man, look at that. That's so yeah. cool. That's, that's awesome. Look at the calculators. And then I start thinking, I got to do that. But I'm like, so I have this coach right now. His name's Doug. Okay, okay. By the way, anybody listening, get a coach. Yeah, for sure. It's it. Get a coach. I've been doing this for two decades. The best thing I could do is get a coach. So he, call, he calls me the other day. We're having a session, right, the other day. He says, he, he always starts this way. Tim, tell me your wins. What, what are your wins this week? And so I start telling them, you know, I did this and I did that. And I, you, you know, it was really good because I was able to meet with this agent and, I, and this client. This and I start going through all this stuff. And I'm like high energy, like motivational. Like, mm-hmm. And he's like, uh-huh. He listens to the whole thing. The whole thing. It was like five minutes of me like praising myself. He's like, uh-huh. Right, right. Um, so how many calls did you make? <laughs> That's what he says to me. I'm like... Well, well, I mean, I did, I did, you know, like 70%. So are you 70% committed? Are you 100%? And, and I'm like, I'm like, Doug, but you understand in the notes, I'm not kidding you in the notes, because we keep their session notes, you can go onto this, this, this uh, website that we use in the notes. He starts off and he, it, this is what I need to hear. He says, Tim is wasting his time with ding, 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 mm-hmm. needs to be more committed and more focused to getting more business. And to, like, that's the, and I'm like, man, 
I pay you how much to write those notes? Mm-hmm. That's some crap, dude. But you know what it did? He's right. I, exactly. He's he, and he even told me at one point. He's like, hey, if you're not willing to do it, then I'm, I'm not. I mean, it's I'm the it's the eighty twenty principle and the and the the huge impact that that can have in your life. Yeah. Realizing that eighty percent of your production will mm-hmm. come out of twenty percent of your activities. Yeah. That doesn't mean that the eighty percent of your activities that only produce twenty percent of your production doesn't mean that those aren't important. Right. They just will not be as impactful in your business. And so if you prioritize mm-hmm. the 20% of the activities that produce 80% of your production, yeah. you prioritize those and do them first in the morning yep. when your energy is the highest. Yep. And then move on to the other like stuff. Like right now, we're doing this before noon. Right. If we were to do this at like 5 in the afternoon, man, I'm, I'm whipped. I, I, I don't... Like, hey, uh, oh, geez, man. Yeah. Uh, it's going so pretty good. One thing that we, that we look at is... Um, we look at a couple different things. We look at a, uh, what type of experience do you associate in your mind with doing the activity, for one. So you said X amount of calls equals X amount of appointments, X amount of appointments equals you know contracts. Blah, blah, blah. You, go, you go down the list. Yep. So when you work backwards on that, you know your most exciting experience is when you get the contract. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I, you know, success. But if you can realize and understand that that is a byproduct of three levels before. Absolutely. And and now, if I understand that, that I have, I have to understand what the byproducts of my actions are. So as an example, in our office, and, and a lot of people, they, they kind of get on to me like that. We'll go, oh, you're, you're devaluing us. But I still say it, and I love all you guys if you're listening, right? But... That they're not listening. Operate. <laughs> you're not listening, so it doesn't matter. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But a lot of things are a byproduct of something being sold. Right. If nothing's being sold, all these people aren't employed. Okay. Right. And if I work backwards, if I'm not out making my phone calls, I don't pre-qualify anybody because yeah. that is a byproduct of my call. So I have to start. I have to work backwards and say, what is the byproduct of what I'm doing? And it all comes down to that initial action. Mm-hmm. Right. It all comes down to that. Again, my website. I would love to have the coolest website. I really want the coolest website. Yeah. But it is just. It's just literally not. A legion, it know, has important thing it, for me. It has such a dramatically smaller impact on your business yeah. than using the time that it would take to do that website to make calls. Pick up the phone. See, check this out. This is this is this is a scary device. Flip phone. Well, <laughs> this one it is, is a flip a phone. <laughs> it is a scary device. A lot of people fear the the phone, right? Yeah. They and they, they. Oh, what are people going to think of me? Oh, well, yeah. geez, I just called him three months ago. Chris, I don't even really know him. I haven't talked to him for a year. I closed a year ago. Mm-hmm. Great pick up the phone. Yep. That's totally awesome. Just pick up the phone. Yep. You know, you got a lot of awesome reasons. Pick up the phone. Now, one thing you mentioned, you mentioned peak production energy plan. Yeah. What the heck is a peak production energy plan? Man. Okay. So if you want to maximize your productivity, you know, you started off asking me and saying, you know, commenting that I'm really busy. I have all these things that I do. Yep. Um, I want to maximize the effectiveness at everything that I do. Okay. Right. And energy is a finite resource, yes. right? That we do not always have control over yep. what our energy is. And we can certainly learn to dig deep and, but that's gonna, it's gonna show up in other places. It is a finite resource, just like our time. And so if you can understand how to maximize your energy. Your personal energy that you, that you, that you have, that you, that you put into things. Correct. Okay. Then you can there, you can then maximize your production. And so, I want to be. I want to be very clear. Okay. Making the damn calls in the morning is mm-hmm. more important than understanding your your energy. Like okay, it, it's not. It's if you're if you're already doing the basics, something like an energy plan is going to maximize your output in those. It's you can't. Not you can't maximize something you're not doing. Correct. Okay. E- exactly. That's exactly right. So. Tim, nothing has a bigger impact on your energy than your sleep. There is not mm. one thing. And in fact, probably it's 90% of your energy is your sleep. So understanding how you sleep, understanding um, your sleep cycles and how to improve that yeah. and improve the recovery that you have in your sleep is going to have the biggest impact on your energy. And that, so that's number one. That's the biggest part of it. Is Meaning how you're sleeping, when you're going to bed. Mm-hmm. When, um, you're, when you're getting up. How, how was your night of sleep? Correct. Okay. What you're doing before you go to sleep, 
um, yeah, and the recovery that you're getting while you're sleeping. And so I wear a sleep tracker or a, a device that tracks my sleep and gives me feedback. Is it like a Fitbit or what, what, an Apple it's a, Watch? It's or? a Garmin. Okay. Yeah, it's a Garmin um, that gives me a lot of really good thing about my um, heart rate variability. Tells you your, your rest, restlessness mm-hmm. during the night? Correct. Okay. Yep, it shows your sleep cycles, all that stuff. So understanding that and understanding what you personally uh, can get out of it. Uh, so sleep is number one. Okay. The second the biggest thing is the food that you eat or, or rather like the things you consume. So you're right now you're consuming uh, cold pressed beet, apple, lemon, ginger. Would that be considered good? Yeah, sure. Okay. And I do this a couple times a week instead of, instead of eating lunch. Okay. Um, I drink coffee every morning. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying that that robs the energy from tomorrow. Like, sure. It might. Um, and maybe someday I'll get to where I'm not. Yeah. Um, the food you eat yeah. has a huge impact. Uh, the the toxins that are in the food that you eat that yeah. your body then has to fight. Because you're not sitting there like after Thanksgiving dinner, oh, right. taking a nap. And if you yeah. do that in the middle of your day, have you ever seen somebody about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, somebody mm-hmm. who's been in the office all day and they eat a huge lunch? Yeah. 2 to 3, 2 to 4. It's, man, it's like a drag. Just, I know. You know? Yep, it's, totally. It's and And... A lot of the specifically seed oils in your food. Okay. Um, you've probably heard seed oils. Yeah. That's been a buzz thing. Um, have a dramatic impact on the way your brain works. And so getting seed oils out of your food. So these are like canola oil, soy oil, um, sunflower oil. Uh, that's not the worst. He said, don't be a soy boy. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, the big impact. Number three, um, exercise. Okay. Right. No surprise there. Yeah. Um, if you get up, if you sleep well, you get up and you exercise in the morning, your energy is going to be higher for a longer period of time. So we have, it's funny when you say it out loud, but you have <laughs> exercise, sleep, and food. That's, I mean, those are the biggest, those are the it's, biggest. It, it sounds pretty. So I, I would, I like that you said nothing is going to. No, it doesn't matter if you're not doing the activities it to begin with. Nope. You do the activities, this is going to help elevate those activities. Right. If you're not doing the activities, eat your pork chop, take a nap. Yep. Be done. Exactly. Right. Is there anything else on the list? There is. So um, prayer and meditation. Okay. Big, big impact on the way your brain works. Meditation is an interesting one. I. It was not too long ago that it was... Almost, I don't want to say frowned upon, but it was looked upon very odd. Yeah, it's right? like new agey. Right? right, right. But when you can sit there. Clear your mind. Clear your mind. It's very powerful. It can set the tone for your whole day. A good a good 10 minutes in the morning. Yep. 15 minutes exactly. in the morning. It can set your whole day. Um, another one, journaling. And, and specifically, not like, dear diary. Today. <laughs> today, uh, Tim asked me. <laughs> no, it, it is uh, evacuating your brain. Like having a place Just to dumping. write all the things that yeah. are in your brain. Because then what happens to your brain is you don't have to keep track of those things anymore. You've given yourself uh, the Almost ability to Permission just, to let go. Exactly. And so uh, evacuating your brain increases your energy. Uh, there's two more. So n- uh, nature, spending time in nature. And th- again, this is another buzz thing specifically yeah. like grounding like having oh, physical I was mountain, bi- I was, I was mountain the biking the other day yeah and I go up this hill I'm like <laughs> you yeah. know I'm, I'm, I'm like just just cranking up this hill kind of like you said am I yep. pedaling right and I see this guy and his dog further up the hill and I you know so I, I kind of do my little bell as soon as they're in sight so they can kind of just hear me and know that I'm that I'm coming up on them and the closer I get there was this dude in shorts just no shoes no socks mm-hmm just having a chill time with his dog. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting. I hope, you yeah. don't step on, I hope you don't step on a thorn. It's crazy. The, the studies that have come out about physical contact with the earth yeah. and what that does to our electrical circuitry in our bodies yeah. is really, it has a big impact on your energy. And then the last one, and this is one that when I presented this, I pre- presented this plan to our office and we've been working through each one of these items. The last one is no alcohol. Oh, how was that for you? Was that difficult? <laughs> I know you. I know you. I know you like to start your day with a good, a good uh, <laughs> shot of something, right? No, um, I. It was one that I've never. I've never had a problem with alcohol, but yeah. I've, I've, I've always 
been sure. okay with it. I've always yeah. drunk alcohol. Yeah. Um, and this was one that the more I thought about it and the more I looked into it mm-hmm. and the more that I practiced like abstinence from alcohol, yeah. it's been incredible. And the biggest impact that it mm-hmm. does is that it helps your sleep. So oh, interesting. Th- I've heard it explained this way. If you do all of these other things and then you drink alcohol, it, it negates the benefits. Interesting. It has huh. that big of an impact on your body. It's literally poisoning your body. Um, it, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, I was looking up cl- drug classifications the other day because in, in Colorado, uh, obviously, um, from time to time, you smell you smell everybody smoking weed all over the right. place, right? From just occasionally. Yeah. But um, I was looking it up, and it's a, it's a Schedule One narcotic. It's the same alcohol. As, no, no, no. Uh, weed oh. is, is, is that? And I and I. And I said, uh, well, where's where's the next one down? Next one down was, uh, so it was like heroin and weed, right? And the next <laughs> one, yeah, right? schedule two was like methamphetamines, uh, crack, right? And as we're working out, I'm like, where is alcohol? Families get destroyed by this, right? right? Now, I understand occasional, you know, social drinking, that's your business, right? Yeah. But at some point, you know, you, you can recreationally smoke weed too. So why is weed uh, the same thing as, as a heroin? A heroin. Yeah. And I was like, where is, um, where is alcohol? Alcohol is not on that, in any of those lists yeah. for, for that, which is interesting because I'm like thinking that it's, that it should be classified somehow because it does, it does change what you do. Mm-hmm. But the other interesting thing is I've heard that having a glass of wine a day is actually very healthy. Sure. And maybe, maybe an alcoholic wrote that article. I don't know. But <laughs> there's but there's there are that. so antioxidant benefits from a glass of wine, sure. There are plenty okay. of other ways to do that okay. without having the alcohol. Okay. Now, what about people who say I I drink but I don't get drunk? Yeah. No. I I'll, I'll tell you this. Since I've been testing this, since yeah. I've been working on this plan for about the last 3 or 4 months. Um I've watched my sleep. If I have a beer, mm-hmm. And two hours later, go to sleep. It it shows up. Really, it shows up in my sleep. My because you, you're looking at you're looking at uh, at the at the um, you know the data. Basically. Correct. Yeah, th- it's just data. Like, don't get mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> but like the, the <laughs> if you reality like to have a beer is, before bed. That's fine. I'm, but you're not going to sleep. I'm gonna when I get together with friends for a celebration. Yeah. Like I'm gonna have some wine at that celebration. I'm fine with that. Okay. Um, if I am hanging out with family, I, my birthday was last weekend. Mm-hmm. I was hanging out with some friends and family, and I had a couple beers, yeah. and I'm not going to worry about it. Okay. Right? But it's just the, not going to be a consistent I part am of not, your life. Yeah, like okay. I'm not going to go home on a Tuesday night and have a couple whiskeys, yeah. have a couple old fashions. Like I, I used to do that, yeah. and I wouldn't get drunk. I could drink a couple of old fashions and, be totally and have a great time and then get up and go about my day. Yeah. If I do that now, I know what it is doing to me. The next morning I wake up and I can feel it. Even you, like you, one drink, I, you can feel it. Do you think that, I know we're off topic just a little bit, but do you think that that, um, talk about hangover, right? Yeah. As a hangover, is that is that obviously you, you put you know the toxins and everything in your body, but and maybe there's definitely science behind this, but is it that your body didn't sleep well? Did that have anything to do with it? Absolutely. It's the recovery. So hmm. your body, the only time we can recover from the activities that we do during the day yeah. is when we sleep. You can't, we can't recover by, by sitting restfully in the afternoon. That doesn't give you recovery. <laughs> it just, I'm saving my energy, Chris. Right. <laughs> um, it, when you sleep is when you get recovery. Mm. When you have alcohol, if you have a drink in the morning, you're probably okay by the time you go to bed and you'll sleep really well. Yeah. I don't recommend drinking in the morning. Um, <laughs> but the recovery Started my day many times with a drink. It just <laughs> doesn't end well. The recovery is not there. Yeah. It's your body is fighting the alcohol and it doesn't get to recover. So how have people reacted to this? Because it's been, it, this is uh, everything on here. People are like, yeah, we love that. We love journaling. Let's do Yeah, let's and journal. So we let's out, eat clean. We, let's we go went and the, yeah. We went and climbed the incline together for exercise. Yeah. We're going to do a nature hike next week yeah. as an office. And the no alcohol, it's been like, I, I put it out there and I'm like, listen, guys, let's Do just you know talk, what industry you're in. Let's Chris? talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. You need to know if you go to if you choose to go drink, that's fine. Yeah. But you need to know the impacts that that has. It's on going you. to impact these other. It items. is going to impact it. And if if your business is struggling and you're having a hard time 
getting your butt together in the yeah. morning and doing the things that are going to actually move the needle on your business, yeah. then maybe stop drinking for a little while. Yeah. And let's uh, just see. Let, let's give it 90 days right. of exercise, right. good sleep, no alcohol, stay, get focused, let's get this thing going. And we right. will. And we'll get through this low, this slow winter, yeah. like you said, and we will. we are in store for the biggest wave of real estate activity that we have seen consistently, I mean, for a five-year yeah. period of coming up. That's going to be fantastic. It's going to be amazing. So uh, let's say, uh, and I, I know that you, you've you got to get somewhere. We only have a couple minutes left. So I do have one last question for you. <coughs> but I think, I think I know the answer because I think you've already answered it, right? If you were to move to a new city you've never been to, Say fifty thousand, hundred thousand people, small town. Okay, um, middle of middle of the country, San Angelo, Texas. Okay, I've never been there, never heard of it, but that sounds like a good place. Okay, it may but, not be fifty thousand. It's probably close. Okay, let's say you move there. Okay, and you don't know a single person. Okay, how do you build your real estate business? What are the first two or three activities that you do on a consistent basis? I feel like you already answered it, but yeah, yeah. that's kind of a good conclusion question. So what I would do every morning, I'd get up, I'd have breakfast with my family, yeah, and then I'd go to the office. And I get my mind right for about 30 minutes. Yeah. And then I jump into about two to three hours of activity calling um, people that I have a connection to. In well, some say, way. well, you just moved to this town. You have no connection. What I do you know. do? I, I have a connection to people still. If there's a listing in my office, my new real estate office that I'm in, I can call people around that listing. Ooh, okay. I say, hey, so you your ha- neighbors. You have a reason sale. to call a lot of people. Right. Um, go, go knock on some doors around that listing. Hold an open house around that listing. And, and that's just, that's that just one house, listing. That's one li- when, I, when I hold that open house, I'm not trying to sell that house. I'm trying to get someone to meet me at, a, at another house. You're so, trying to get buyers or a listing, another listing somewhere else. Yeah. Here's, here's a pro tip with an open house for all you agents out there. Don't try and sell that house. <laughs> have, a, have a showing on another house already set up. So your open house is from 12 to 2. Your whole goal for those two hours is to get someone to meet you at this other house at 2.15. <laughs> that's it. That's fantastic. That's it. You get them to meet you there and you start acting like their agent. And guess what happens? Right out of the bam. You, you become their agent. You become the agent. Right. Yeah. That's fantastic. Drop that, me off in San Angelo, Texas. I'll have a ten million dollar a year business at eight in eighteen months. That's fantastic. And yeah. that and that is what every new agent needs to do. That's what any str- any struggling agent needs to do. There's still 40 houses a day being sold in Colorado Springs. There's plenty of people to call. There's plenty of things to meet, even if you don't know anybody here, right? right? Well, Chris, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, it's, Tim, it's been awesome. it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anybody would like to reach out to Chris, you can reach him over at the Keller Williams. What's your phone number, Chris? Seven one nine four nine four six seven nine four. Hit me up. Give him a call. And thanks a lot. That was another episode of Cut to the Chase with Mr. Chris Klontz. That wraps up another episode of Agent Success Podcast. Remember, you can find new episodes each week at agentsuccesspodcast.com. We hope you found the insights and best practices shared today truly valuable. And if you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, your success is a journey of learning and improvement. So let's keep hustling, thriving, and learning. Until next week, this is Tim Chase.